Buenos dias, Tucson. Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is Lavia Alva, and I'm an extreme extrovert. So, for those who have not ever listened to this podcast series, um, I wanted to give a little background. Um, The reason why I had started um, the series of an extreme extrovert is because COVID. (laughs) And um, as a person that... um, loves to be around people and to socialize and learn immensely about about people. Um, It was really hard for me to go through COVID and to um, not to be able to be around individuals. And after COVID kind of um, reopened, you know, societally, and um, it's still around, but, you know, people kind of, for the most part, have um, recuperated their glass or their most of their um, normal lives, um, I realized that I kind of kind of got a little bit of trauma from it. You know, like being really by myself most of the time and self-isolating myself, I fell into a deep addiction. Um, and I have decided to educate myself on addiction and about trauma. Um, in my leisure, um, in regards to like books and stuff, and I have run into some interesting books, um, this um, last year, and um, through the podcasts, um, I have introduced you some um, AA books, um, some NA books, um, not a whole list. So, if if you're thinking of like, oh, there's a list somewhere. No, it's just like one or two, like the NAA, um, you know, affirmations, um, stuff like that. And one in particular that I have been reading, um, some, uh, some quotes from, um, was a book that was gifted to me from a friend however (laughs) um previously i had been reading from that book and i have misplaced it so um through that journey of um finding the affirmations book i will continue reading from the stars among us um for those um who have not caught have not been caught up um i recommend you um going to the beginning of season eight um and beginning, starting with us um, from the beginning of The Stars Among Us. The Stars Among Us is by C.F. Alvarez. And it is um, about a girl um, that kind of comprehends her understanding of loss. Um, and the process of comprehending loss feelings and um, thoughts. And it's an interesting book, and I really recommend you reading it. Um, it's also on sale on Amazon. It's free on Kindle. It's called The Stars Among Us, C.F. Alphras. All right. And for those who are, um, you know, who have been following along, um, I'm going to kind of steer away from our regular um our regular um you know pages 
And we're going to move to page 21. So on page 21, she talks about love. And this is one of my favorite quotes because it is very true. Um, In my opinion, Um, it says, love. It's like being given wings and getting used to fly. Just to have them taken away when your heart gets broken. Going back to walking doesn't ever feel the same. And you know what? It's true. And the reason why love is such an interesting journey is because it's essential. We all love something. We all love someone. We all love a thought, an ideology. And when we're caught in that feeling of love and lust or whatever admiration, it can feel like we have wings. And when that thing is taken away from us, it's just gone. And I feel that, you know. I feel that. And I've kind of learned that Self-love is something that can be a reliable, stable source. It should be, but, you know, for some of us, it's hard. (laughs) For me, especially, it's hard to practice self-love religiously. And this is one of my personal New Year's resolutions. Um, Another quote that I want to read from C.F. Alvarez is on page 26 and it says every day today I'll go to sleep crying but it's okay underneath every tear is a fire wanting to ignite when the water runs dry I'll let you contemplate that one for a second i'll read it again today i'll go to sleep crying but that's okay underneath every tear is a fire waiting to ignite when the water runs dry i feel like this one is very personal to the person that is reading um because this can be interpreted interpreted in many things depending on where you are in life um it can kind of be interpreted as you know almost even revengeful i feel like um when she says there's a fire waiting to ignite um it can also seem kind of motivational like you know what i'm i'm coping now but eventually the water runs dry and i'm going to be bigger and better than ever i'm going to be hot i'm going to be warm i'm going to be fiery and then you can also see it in a way of defeat. Like when the water runs dry. You know. And today I'll go to sleep crying. But it's okay. Because the water will eventually run dry. And for some people. <laughs> that experience depression. For me in my brain. I'm like well. <laughs> that could be pretty depressing too. You know like. Uh, and I I hate. I hate, I don't hate this about myself, but sometimes when I talk about depressing things, I tend to laugh and 
you know, trying to make it lighter than it is. I'm not saying it is a light topic. I'm just saying that that's the way that I cope with it because unfortunately that is a big part of my um, reality. And you know what? I'm not going to say unfortunately. Fortunately, it is a big part of my reality and that is okay. It's okay to be so chronically depressed that sometimes you're like, man, I can't do it today. Um, But you can. One book that I also have come across this year, this last year, sorry, (laughs) for me uh, right now, I I just celebrated, um, well, kind of celebrated, um, New Year's, Um, and New Year's is an interesting time in itself, too. You can argue that that in itself is a whole experience for some people. But anyway, let's. Well, I'll try not to get too off topic. Okay, so I have read um, "Come as You Are" by Emily Nagoski, PhD. Um, "Come as You Are" by Emily Nagoski um, is a book about <coughs> women's sexual health, and she does also recommend some other books within her book. I don't want to, um, you know ruin anything for you but she does um recommend some um books that are the body keeps the score by bessel van der kolk um bessel van der and then his the last name is k-o-l-k sorry if i'm not pronouncing that right the body keeps the score um anyone who's kind of studied psychology has probably ran into this book and um i have definitely read bits and pieces of it but i really need to go back and read all of it <laughs> and it's one of those books that is just very heavily referenced and um it's on my list of books that i want to read and um emily nagoski refer uh, refers to this book um on in one of her pages and recommends it so I'm like, you know what? I like your book, so I'll probably read that one. Um, <clears throat> another recommendation um, that I that I see fit is Healing Sex, a, a mind-body approach to healing sexual trauma by Stacey Haynes, and The Sexual Healing Journey, a guide for survivals of survivors of sexual abuse by Wendy Maltz. Um, obviously, if you're feeling... Um, like your trauma is so significant that you know you need a little bit more help it's always better to go seek medical attention and your doctor and your psychologist Um, however these books do outline a good understanding of the trauma process and come as you are um by emily nagoski really does kind of illustrate um trauma process in one of her chapters um it kind of talks to um the reader about how in our society we kind of stunt the natural process of healing and i'm confronted with this currently because um As you know, for those who have been listening to my podcast, do know that I, because I reference this, that I am an addict, or not a practicing addict, thank God, not at this moment, not this year yet, you know what, I'm not even going to say yet, 
this year is going to be my clean year. I'm going to be 100% clean. I know I will. I have it in my brain. I have it in my heart. And I am determined 100%. Um, That's my own journey. But, you know, just to let everyone else know, you know, I'm a recovering addict. I've been sober. And um, in the beginning of most people's sober process, um, relapses can happen. They're common in the beginning of sobriety. And for me, sobriety has been such an interesting journey that I actually have um, dedicated um, most chapters um, of my podcast on educating myself and others about um, people, specifically my experience, because I can't speak for others. (laughs) So, like, specifically my experience as an alcoholic um, and a recovering addict. And I also have experienced um, some trauma. And I, I believe that in my life um, time, it's going to be very important for me to um, get past a certain trauma that I had endured as a child and um for me personally I believe I'm not a doctor (laughs) but I believe that the reason why I had become an alcoholic in my life was because I did not resolve my coping process of what had happened to me in the past and after coming across Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski it kind of illustrated um to me why um my behavior had become a problem at some point in my life and it was because i was stunted i was frozen um i had a prolonged amount of physical abuse 15 years um in my youth and it's my youth, okay? If I had gone through the natural healing process, it would have been far past gone. And I do believe that I am getting better at this. And every stepping stone is getting better. I know that I'm getting further and further to healing myself. But there are still things to this day, even I'm 30 years old. And this has happened to me from the beginning that I was a child until I was about 16 years old. That's a long time ago. That was 15 years ago. And our society often likes to tell us, like, hey, you know, it's 15 years ago. Suck it up. And they're right. It was a long time ago. I do have to get over it. But I I stunted my healing through addiction. It didn't help that I had been an active practicing like habitually drinking <laughs> for many years of my life. I I first started drinking when I was 10 years old. Not a lot, but like, you know, here and there and most alcoholics, most people that have problems with issues with alcohol and substance, it starts young. Um when I had gone through rehabilitation, 
my second time, a lot of people in my rehabilitation program started drinking as young, sometimes younger than I had it. And there are things that I also learned about addiction is that addiction usually is a dual diagnosis. People don't just wake up and say, oh, you know, I'm an addict. Some people, you know, like if their mothers um, maybe drank or had substance when they were pregnant, maybe might have something different. <laughs> maybe a little bit, uh, it might be a little different for them. Um, because in the womb, they had experienced trauma. However, that is was not my experience. I did not experience trauma as far as I know in the womb. Um, it was something that I picked up with my own hands. And it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's hard to admit that you basically allow yourself to fall victim to a substance. But for me, it was understandable. Because when I had conquered all my other physical abusers in my life and erased them from... not I'm not saying like I erased them... <laughs> God, gruesome. I'm saying, like, um, I eliminated myself from that situation. Um, God, sometimes my mind just goes crazy. And I'm like, man, hopefully that did not sound <laughs> how that was. <laughs> hopefully that sounded how it was supposed to sound. Anyway, um, but for me, because I had moved on physically from my sexual abusers and physical abusers and psychological torturers i however didn't get past myself and because i was so used to reflecting harm upon myself it was only natural for me to pick up a substance and be like okay lady <laughs> be quiet whatever feelings you have they're invalid. So take this substance, shut it off. And I I would recommend that you don't do that. <laughs> because then you'll be like me and you're 30 years old. And sometimes I feel like I'm 10 years old again. Because I've finally woken up from being sober and it doesn't go away. If anything, now it's even more embarrassing because I'm like, man... This was 16 years ago, and I'm now trying to go through the process of recovering and healing something. And if you can, and if you have these resources to have people that you trust to share your feelings and share your experiences safely, and if you don't feel that they are safe people, if you can you know, tell professionals or people that have resources that can help you, or if you have a space that feels safe for you to cope in a natural way. And see, in society, I believe that society stunts us from healing in a personal way. I don't feel victim to society. My situation is different. I reflected it upon myself because I'm working on self-esteem. <laughs> um, but oftentimes, like, if you're, like, raped or if you're, like, physically attacked or assaulted, um, sometimes people... Society will be like, oh, that that's, oh, that sucks. 
okay, tomorrow, get past him. Um, when people die in our society, I'm talking about the, uh, my U.S. country. Oh. The U.S. Um, I'm from Minneapolis, and I moved to Arizona. So th- this is my experience, personally. But I don't feel like it's very uncommon. Death. There, when people experience a death, uh, like, I have a friend that committed suicide. Um, I have friends that have overdosed. I have had friends that have attempted suicide. Me, myself. And so, like, death in itself is a weird taboo in my life. It has been in my life. And, like, I've experienced this experienced times where you go you know and you go to a funeral you go through that process and you're like okay you say goodbye you cry and then the next day it's over and people are like okay go to work um go have fun with your friends go have romances with your partners just move on and it's hard to move on it's hard to just pick up your feet sometimes and be like, hey, cool, <laughs> We're, everything's fine. And for some reason, that bothers me in my our society. I feel that, and I understand that people want to kind of restrict the wallowing in our, in our um, sorrow. You know, like when you wallow in your sorrow, it, it basically means like you're, you're, sitting there being depressed over and over and over again. Me as an addict, I'm addicted to this. I'm addicted to reflecting trauma upon myself. Um, Because that's what feels normal for me. And when I put the substance in my body, I never tell myself or my body that I'm safe. From the abuse. And that's dangerous. Because naturally. In my lifetime. I started drinking as a young, at a young age. Mainly, mainly for escape. Um, to escape reality. And dissociate. Because that's. What made my life. Durable. Able. That's That was my way of. Surviving. That's why I am here today. Because at one point, that really did help me. <laughs> did it really help me? No. But that was because we're survival kind of beings. That's what my body did. And the bad thing about that is that because I had done that when I was younger and when I was at a state of immense amount of fear, immense amount of discomfort, immense amount of pain, my body has not yet comprehended that I'm out of that pain. I'm out of that terror. I'm out of that trauma, which I am. I am out of that trauma. I've survived that trauma. I am a survivor. I have been for 15 years. But I've not gone through the natural healing process. And sobriety can be hard for that reason. And I'm not a doctor, but I know enough in my lifetime 
about addiction, about my own experience, not about anybody else's, but about mine, that based on my own experience, I would recommend if you feel like you're going to have troubles with substances, please go talk to someone. Please go tell someone. If you feel that you need to lock yourself in your room and drink or smoke or do heroin or cocaine or even if you're doing it to fit socially or something or to relieve yourself if you are if you hear this right now and you're like hey that sounds like me please stop because it's not going to be easier it's better to stop now than to be like me 15 years later and the healing process has been so suppressed that my body remembers, but my mind has killed so many brain cells with substance that I don't even really psychologically remember. Or I choose not to remember because why would I want to remember that? You know, like, what the fuck? So don't wait. You deserve more than that. Stand up for yourself. And when people, you know, people are going to mistreat you. People are going to do harm. There are great people. There are exceptional people. There are safe people. There are people that respect boundaries. There are good people in this world. However, in order to attract those good people in your in your world, you have to be good to yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. And what I realized is one thing that I really suffered with was self-discipline and boundaries. I found myself being so angry sometimes. I was like, man, why do I feel this fire inside of my heart? Why do I wake up sometimes and just want to, like, almost growl like an animal? Like, there's been times in my healing process that I have screamed so irately, so angry. And it's because of boundaries. Have If you've ever reflected self-harm upon yourself... If you overdrink, if you're a substance addict, you are reflecting self-harm upon yourself, okay? Like, it's different if you're a normie. Addicts, we call normal people normies. If you're a normie, you know, you can have one or two drinks and then leave it at the table. That's one thing that I realized. If you can leave that substance on the table for a week, most likely you're probably not an addict. But but for some of us, we can't leave that. If it's in our possession, we will use it. And that is a form of self-harm. That society likes to sweep under the table. On your 21st birthday, you have 21 shots. Okay, come on. That is self-abuse. People are reflecting and pushing you to abuse yourself. 
one or two shots, depending on your size, depending on what you ate, and if you have water, is fine. But if you're going to be drinking or using a substance like cocaine, meth, um, marijuana, daily, habitually, you can't get past it, you got to take the edge off, no, quit it. I highly would recommend you to quit it. Um, and one thing that I um, also kind of realized... <laughs> after educating myself a little bit about addiction and the process about how addiction is usually a dual diagnosis i i suffer from depression and some of us who suffer from depression we get these thoughts we get suicidal thoughts we also sometimes reflect self-harm upon ourselves If this is triggering, I would recommend you not following past this. But I'm going to reference something. Self-harm such as burning yourself with a cigarette, cutting yourself with a knife, hitting yourself um, forcefully. That's all due to anger. I educated myself, and that is all due to anger. If you find yourself, I'm not a doctor, so... This is just what I've educated myself on in regards to the books that I recommended to you um, and therapists that personally have talked to me. But in everyone's situation, it could be different. So, you know, keep that in mind. But for me, in my situation, based on my life and the people that I came in contact with, they educated me on self-harm is because of anger. And the reason why people sometimes have an excessive amount of anger towards themselves, and sometimes in other cases, other people, is because of boundaries. When you don't practice good boundaries, you feel in control. You feel threatened. When you don't practice good boundaries, you're basically putting yourself in a state of trauma. In my life, this made a lot of sense because physically being abused by someone that I had trusted, I learned that you don't fight, you don't run, you freeze, and sometimes that's how you survive. You freeze and you let it happen. That was not something I consented to. That was a violation of my boundaries. And from a very young age, I learned that my boundaries were not acceptable and were not important. And so when I went upon my life as an adult, when something would come across to me as simple as, you know, my ex-fiance wanted to go to sleep with me, sometimes I didn't want to. But I felt it disrespectful. I gave it an excuse. I felt, oh, maybe I have to do this or maybe I should do this. And I violated my boundaries. And violating my own boundaries told my body unconsciously that I had to do that to survive. Because I was under a a trauma response. And that's not good. 
for me, that's not good. Like, that's not good for nobody. (laughs) And if you find yourself kind of feeling angry at the world, like, man, 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 I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. Boundaries, 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 boundaries. Practice easy boundaries. Go to work and maybe your job says, hey, can you work an extra hour? If you're feeling angry, if you're feeling like, I gotta do this. Maybe go to the bathroom for a few minutes and be like, hey, you know what? Do I really want to do this? Because if this is going to give me a feeling like... If this is going to give me a feeling of trauma, like I can't escape, yet I can purposely get myself out of this, present that boundary. Present that boundary. Most boundaries don't hurt people. If anything... Disregarding your boundaries hurts you more than anything. And that's something I still struggle with. And that's something I still have to practice. Is sitting down with myself and being like, you know what? Somebody offered me a piece of chocolate. And sometimes in our society, it's just more polite to say thank you and take it. You know what? Today, I don't fucking feel like chocolate. <laughs> I'm going to say no thank you and go away. It's as easy as that. It seems easy, but practicing this easier tasks can help you with harder ones. And I do understand that some boundaries are hard to set. And I know that you can talk to people like, you know, your therapist and um, your counselor and your mentors and your, um, you know, in a... In rehab, we learn about boundaries. And that even means setting boundaries for yourself. I told myself, I was like, you know what? I looked in the mirror. I said, this year, absolutely not. We are not self-reflecting harm upon ourselves with alcohol. That is not what I'm going to do this year. I'm going to try my hardest whenever I feel my body, whenever my mind likes to play those tricks and says, you know what? You're all by yourself. You got nothing to do. Go to the bar. Why not? If it's affordable, accessible, and anonymous, it's doable. Affordable, accessible, anonymous, you're going to do it. And you know what? For me, I'm going to look at myself and be like, no. Because I'm practicing, I'm practicing self-care. I love myself. This year, I am going to say this to myself. This is my priority. I wake up. I go to the gym. I read my books. I go to work. I get home. I make my food. I do some more work. I do some more hobbies. I do some more things. And then I go to bed. Because this is how I personally Practice self-care. It doesn't seem extravagant. Sometimes people think self-care has to be extravagant. Like you have to like have this girl's trip to Cancun. Or like go, you know, drink wine in the hot tub. Those things are fun. But self-care is reflective. I've learned in my life that self-care is reflective. Self-care is not like, oh, I'm a bougie bitch and I'm going to be doing the things that I enjoy to make me feel better. Yes, 
they, it is like that, but it has to be helpful. It has to be reflective. And I learned a lot about this in rehab because they're like, oh, you know, when people say self-care, they're like, oh, after work, let's just go get a drink, you know. Um, you know, that's not self-care brushing off the emotions. That's not self-care taking off the stress. You're hiding the stress. You're causing trauma upon yourself. But I'm also talking about not normies. Anyway, I greatly appreciate everybody that's been listening to my podcasts. And I'm really happy about this year. Um, I wanted to be a little honest with everybody. And on New Year's, it was a hard time for me. New Year's was rough. It was a hard time. But I'm going to make up for it. This year I'm going to make up for it. And by the time the new year comes for 2024, my hope is that the trigger will have a solution. And if anything, it will be healed. I hope that everyone has a safe, safe, safe journey this 2023. And feel free to um, message me on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I definitely want to hear about all the good books that everyone's been reading. Hashtag sorry. I really wish I was into sci-fi, but please don't recommend me sci-fi books. Unless it's like something like that you're like, wow. You you know what? You can recommend it to me. Unfortunately, sci-fi is like one of those genres that I just haven't been getting into. I Maybe I'm, I'm going to challenge myself and be like, I have to find a sci-fi book that I actually enjoy. But that's the only genre that I really haven't been able to back myself up on. Okay, enough of this Minnesota goodbye. <laughs> um safest 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 of travels <laughs>